handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Elkovan. It is 9.21 p.m. on September 4th in the year of our Lord, 2021. Recording this episode now because I'm going to the U.S. Open Sunday, Monday. Won't be back till Tuesday. And figured, even though obviously Tuesday would be a fun, I could give lots of information, including a recap of the U.S. Open, um... I may have a very busy day with uh, day job work on Tuesday. Plus, obviously, we have to do Making Podcasts Great Again Tuesday night. Um, and I got to get to the gym, bro. Okay? It's about committing to my new fit lifestyle. So I just figured, let's get this shit out of the way for you guys. I give you the episode a little early, but just so I'm not uh, leaving you without something. Um, even though there's a good chance I could have done something Tuesday, but I just didn't want to risk like having to rush five different things on Tuesday. So I have a little time now uh, before uh, before Sunday when we go to the U.S. Open and uh, enjoy all the tennis festivities. And one of my neighbors is playing their radio, and I really I wish I knew who it was because I'd like to kick down their door and strangle them. Um, that's just a joke, folks, in case my neighbors somehow, by one of the worst coincidences ever, end up strangled to death. Uh, <laughs> the old basic instinct defense. Yes, why would I talk about it on a podcast if I was going to then do exactly that? Uh, but, yeah, they're playing music somewhere either below me, to the side of me. I don't think it's the neighbors to the side of me because he, they're kind of like – she looks like she might have been a gymnast and he looks kind of like a, like a granola mountain climber type guy. And they don't strike me as like heavy bass. Like the, it's the kind of bass where when an asshole drives by in their car and the bass is so loud, it's like vibrating the car doors. And you just think those guys are real pieces of shit. And I'll tell you why. Because it's not about, in other words, the point of playing the music that loud is to annoy people. 
there's no way it doesn't sound good and you can't be enjoying it when it sounds like the music is raping the frame of your car. That can't be an enjoyable experience. But I guess if you know, if you think you're angering or upsetting or bothering people outside, I guess that's the real victory. But that's kind of what the bass sounds like. And sometimes when I'm doing cameos, uh, cameo.com slash jocovan, if you need a message for back to school birthdays or the high holidays coming up, folks, uh, it's that kind of bass. And I can't tell if it's, I don't think it's above me. I think it's the people below me who play an incredibly loud amount of bass at random times during the day, like in the afternoon every time, which maybe it's like a home workout time and they just want to like, sweat and feel their genitals jingle from excessive bass. Um, and it's going on right now. So maybe there's a little party going on on a, on a Labor Day Saturday uh, in the apartment below me. Although I could be racially profiling. Um, gymnast and granola, which is just, I'll call them G&G, even though I don't know uh, that's that's what, what they are. That's just my description. You know, she's like a powerful, petite woman. And he's, he's kind of like, a, like, he looks like he climbs mountains and like does shit like that. Um, so I don't know. I think those are a positive description. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? We, I look like an, a fit outdoor nature guy and she looks like a gymnast. Take that back. No, uh, it could be them. Maybe it's them. Maybe they love bass, bass in your face, not an eight track. Uh, can't trust it. Public enemy, 1991. Uh, God, I really did enjoy rap from like 1988 to 2003. Uh, and then some Kanye after that, but not much else, uh, to be honest. Anyway, the uh, that was just a long description of literally the bass that I hear and you guys are definitely not even picking up on. So maybe I'm losing my mind. Maybe it's just uh, there is no bass. Uh, there's just me. Uh, so not afraid of recreating The Shining. Um, I have drifted in my Ron Reagan Jr. impression, guys. I haven't, I haven't, because what I did was I talked today to the Righteous Girlfriend as Ron Reagan Jr. And I realized I'm giving you guys sort of a podcast. But the truth is, the when I really get into the Ron Reagan is when I'm, I'm thinking not of the atheist commercial, but of the Showtime documentary series, The Reagans. And if you like my Ron Reagan Jr. impression and you haven't watched the Showtime series, The Reagans, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that would be like if you love a joke and then don't want to see the comedian. Like, the Ron Reagan in the Reagan series is the, re- is the peak Ron Reagan, even more than the atheist commercial. Because it's just like, I have to, that's how I can get it more authentic. Because it's like, my, I, was, I said, if I was a writer or a performer on SNL, I would have written a sketch for myself called Ron Reagan Jr. Outtakes from Showtime's The Reagans. And it would have just been like, my mother, my mother is not somebody you call maternal. Oh, my father was very tough, wink, wink. He was a useless, senile piece of shit. Uh, so it's a little, it's a little, it's syrupy, but it's a little less not afraid of, you know, it's a, it's a, my father. That's when I really get it, I think, when I go into the Oh, my father was very tough. He's just dripping with sarcasm for his parents the whole time. Uh, it's a, it's really worth a watch if you enjoy uh, the random, excessive Ron Reagan Jr. asides on this podcast. Uh, some bad news. Uh, uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Um, my gigs in uh, 
Greensboro, North Carolina have been canceled due to uh, excessive COVID cases in Greensboro, North Carolina. So I guess it's good that I'm not going there, but it would also be good if our country wasn't fucking stupid. I feel like our country collectively is yelling Candyman in the mirror five times. Um, and then there's a portion of the, the same people in our country who are yelling Candyman in the, in, in the mirror five times. Uh, they're also, some of them are also throwing in the N word just in case Candyman, uh, wasn't sure whether he wanted to kill American citizens with COVID. Um, you know, 20% of our population will throw in an N word or a black lives don't matter. Candyman, 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 blah, 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 blah. Uh, and so then he definitely COVID Candyman. There's your podcast title, COVID Candyman. Uh, America is just chanting it in the mirror five times and throwing in the N word for good measure, just to make sure that's both a mixed metaphor and a metaphor. Anyway, um, speaking of Candyman, I did see Candyman. I watched a few programs recently, a few movies. Um, I saw three movies, uh, this weekend. Uh, and I just did a couple of reviews for, uh, Rotten Oranges, the Patreon content of making podcasts great again. So check those out. Um, I saw Candyman in the theater, which I was excited for because the reviews were really good. It made money, and we went to like a lightly attended show, so I felt safe also with Delta going around. I'm like, I kept my mask on the whole time, but it was like the theater was like 25% full, so it was like a good feel. I was like, okay, I feel safe. Like I, I don't feel like I'm taking any any risks here. Um, and obviously I'm vaccinated also, but you know now with the Delta shit, it just doesn't feel like – it feels there's just too many stupid people f to feel totally safe by just being vaccinated. Um, but yeah, Candyman, I was kind of pumped to see it. Eh, like I, I just, it had some good elements, but it felt like, and the, the comparison I made in, a, in another podcast was, um, it felt like Get Out and Us, the previ previous two Jordan Peele written uh, sort of, horror, social commentary horror films, it was like effortless. It was like you weren't getting hit over the head. They didn't have to like wet. You just, the commentary and the plot and the tension were all woven together without kind of doing that how to be a menace in society like message. Candyman felt like they were, maybe because they were using an existing horror property and they had to, re like it really felt forced, I guess is what I'd say. Not forced in a, like, I just want to see a movie. I don't need your message, man. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying better writing would have maybe made the message a little less like, by the way, we're not just talking horror movie here, folks. We're also talking um, race and gentrification. Like it was, it felt like at some point, I was just like, okay, I get it. And, and uh, slight, it, 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 it felt like it kind of was borrowing. I'm not, I mean, it's easy to say this because the lead actor uh, in Candyman was also in uh, uh, Watchmen on HBO. But at the end, I was like, did they like add some Watchmen like properties to the end of this movie just because Watchmen was so successful and critically acclaimed? It felt like they were like, uh, let's Watchmen up the end of this movie. Watchmen just won all the Emmys. So can we just. Can we Watchmen Candyman a little bit? <laughs> Candy Watchmen? Can we do Candy Watchmen? Is that, will that work? If we do that, will that be a good mashup? Um, so it wasn't that, I didn't think it was bad. I just was like, I left the movie and I was like, I don't, I could have been done without that. Like this four hour process of bus ride, dinner, movie, bus ride home, eh, I could have just stayed home. 
um, so it was just, I just, you know, I'm not going to see Candyman again. I, I actually now want to see the original Candyman, which I've never seen. So I'm more interested in seeing the original Candyman than I am in seeing new Candyman again. Um, but, you know, like I, like I would say to anybody who, if you want to see Candyman, go see Candyman. You might like it more than me. And if you don't want to see Candyman, I'm not the guy to convince you to see Candyman. Um, so there was that. Then last night, because I'm going to be reviewing it with Chris and Rod, Chris Lamberth of the Monday and Festival podcast and Rod of the Black Eye Who Tips podcast, I will be uh, reviewing Karen with them, which, which I bought on Amazon, uh, like, you know, Amazon fucking it's not prime because you have to pay for it but you know amazon video or whatever it was uh was it six bucks i think uh i bought it because i'm gonna review it with those guys but this is a movie that's basically a horror movie you know like a blumhouse type although it's not blumhouse it's a bet plus film um i'm not gonna review it here because I, I want you to, I want to be able to steer you to the conversation Chris Rod and I have at some point this week. So look for that on my Facebook or or, or uh, Instagram or Twitter. I will be sharing that later in the week once we record it or whenever we record it and Chris makes it available. Um, it's the worst movie I've ever seen, though, and I say that with love. It is the worst movie I've ever seen, and if you've listened to me long enough or you know how I think, bad is not worth your time. The worst ever, absolutely worth your time. Um, I compared it to Nick Cannon's comedy special from like 2017, which is, which in 2017, I think I had it as my number one comedy special or number two comedy. Like in other words, I had four comedy specials and I was like, these three are so good, but they can't compete with the woat the worst of all time. Like Nick Cannon's comedy special was so bad that I loved it. I was like a pig in slop. I was like bathing. I was like, to quote Cory Booker, I was luxuriating in the delicious disaster that was Nick Cannon's special. It was so bad that I loved it. Um, and Karen is the movie of that. It is so bad from head to toe, from wig and makeup to scri a awful script to pretty bad acting um, to really mediocre to bad, like, cinematography. Like, and I'm not like Mr. Film. I don't pretend to be like, I'm a uh, student of film and I can tell you that this, uh, this work was amateurish. I'm saying this from just a, I watch a lot of movies and I think about stuff, but I don't know technical shit from, from anything, from technical Shinola. But um, I could spot everything about this movie was like beyond amateur hour. It was so bad. And the basic gist of it is there's a racist woman named Karen who lives next door to this new, uh, this black couple that moves into the neighborhood. And she is just full on racist Total, just, it's, it is so bad from start to, from everything they do in this movie, including to the inspirational cameo, because a lot of movies, you know, that deal with issues will somehow, like a Spike Lee movie might end with a, with a Martin Luther King, a Nelson Mandela, a Malcolm X quote, or, or, or a clip to, to illustrate something. 
the cameo for inspiration and thinking about the future type shit at the end of this movie, which is so out of place because it's such a piece of shit movie. The cameo alone, if you've if you're if you've done deep dives into my comedy, and I know Rod, when he sees it, he will laugh. So he know he will know, and I will discuss this on Chris's podcast. So I'm sorry to be cryptic, but I'm all I'm here to tell you is that Karen is the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. So that has to be intriguing. Like I'm not saying it's so bad. Ignore it, guys. I'm saying. It's so bad that it, it. I feel like it needs to be experienced. Um, so that's my review of that's my preview review of Karen. Um, and then tonight, uh, because this was the other movie I was reviewing for Rotten Oranges uh, for the Patreon content of Making Podcasts Great Again, I saw Pig. I got it on demand. I watched Pig with Nicolas Cage. Uh, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, it was 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's been the, the big critical smash of the year so far. Um, I I liked it. It's It was more low-key than I thought. I, I the, the gist of it sort of felt more like, is this going to be like kind of a John Wick-type movie? But it's more of like a an internal search into one's soul and what... But, but it's... I give it a thumbs up. I, I, I'm not, I, I don't think I can give it like, it's a flat A. It's an amazing movie. Because some people will say that and maybe they mean it and maybe they just want to sound like they know what the fuck they're talking about. But it was good. I liked it. I'm glad I watched it. I think it was well done. Um, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's kind of Oscar-y in a weird way. Like it feels kind of like just an Oscar-y movie, like, like that indie Let's get a good, a feel good campaign behind this movie and see if we can we can get it four or five Oscar nominations, and it very well might. And it was, but it was a very well done movie, and I overall liked it. Um, so of the three movies I saw this weekend, uh, Pig is one, Candyman is like four. I got to leave some space, and it's not fair to just make it two. And Karen is uh, whatever, however many no- movies I've seen in my lifetime. It's that number because it's the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, and she doesn't even, the one thing I will say, and I will save everything else for Chris's podcast, she doesn't even say the N-word. And I was heartbroken. I was like, that should have been the climax. Like right before, I'm not spoiling it. I'm just saying hypothetically, right before she gets murdered or shot or killed or thrown out a window, she should have said the N-word and then like, gotten a karate kick to the face and like fallen on a spike and they didn't even do that they didn't even have the guts to make the most racist character in film history say the n-word and that i can't forgive because if they had done that it might have only been worst three movies i've ever seen but because they didn't even have the guts to go full racist with language it's a it's a total it's a total worst movie of all time so they even missed opportunities to boost their score with things that would have been completely organic to the movie, like the N-word. Um, so, but I was uh, bitching before I took a 15-minute sidebar into movies. Uh, so there are your reviews. I, I, I made a mental note to discuss those, but there, I jumped the gun and did that. But uh, the yeah, the shows in Greensboro, North Carolina were canceled, which, which, is, which is heartbreaking because not that I was like dying to go to Greensboro, North Carolina, but... Um, gigs have been very tough to come by and that was four headlining sets 
you know, six weeks from my special. So it's that that I'm upset about, like missing critical, good, long stage time. You know, that's four sets to record, to look at on the train ride home, to like break down and then make adjustments, make, and then, you know, couple weeks to do some mics before uh, headlining in Philly at Helium. Oh, by the way, did I mention that? Uh, Everybody, if you are anywhere near Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, please get your tickets and tell your friends. Uh, I'm very funny and uh, mildly famous. So um, Helium Comedy Club, Philadelphia, 7 p.m. September 20th, Sunday, September 26th. Please get your tickets. Tell your friends who live in Philly. Greatly appreciate it. Get the tickets in advance uh, or not. You know, do whatever you want to do. But uh, come on, let's go. If you are anywhere near Philly, let's do this. Um, So it just creates more stress because it doesn't seem like I'll be able to replenish that amount of stage time. Um, You know, and it's just just frustrating. I had another frustrating thing. I I thought a club that I've worked many times – was only booking like A-listers. So I was like, oh, they just probably don't want me because like I'm not – like they need to get all the superstars in there. And then I saw who they were booking and I was like, oh, not a superstar. Somebody with a smaller social media following than me and way less press and notoriety and probably less of a relationship with the club. But unfortunately, um, I think I turned down a gig in September of 2020 from this club and they've always been really cool for me – with me. And I'm talking about a – nine or 10 year relationship. But it was one of those things where I had to turn it down because I was like, um, I want a headline, but probably my crowd isn't coming out pre-vaccine mid-fall COVID. And on top of that, the money I would have made, the net profits I would have made doing the gig would have been less than the two vacation days it was going to cost me to do the gig. So I you know, gently said no. And I don't, I I hope I would be really disappointed, but it feels like almost I haven't gotten a reply since turning that down. And it sort of becomes one of those things where you're like, can I not win in this business? Can I not even like, I can't even reject a gig for health and money reasons, um, with no hard feelings, just because it was like, I can't make that work, um, without it becoming like a stain on my relationship. It's like, that's the problem in some ways with comedy. It's like you you, you want to say no, but you're afraid it's going to hurt you. And you know what? If you're an established person or you have representation, you have more power to say no. But, you know, say no because you don't want to get COVID and lose money from your – like what you would make on your day job. Um, I don't know. It seems unfair. But that's the name of the game obviously. Uh as far as other gigs, uh, just booked uh, December 16th to the 19th at the DC Improv, folks. I'll be headlining the lounge there for six shows. The ticket link wasn't up this morning. It's going to be up soon. Uh, I will obviously share that. Um, but yes, DC Improv, first club I ever got paid at. August First week of August 2004, I emceed for Gary Owen. That was the first paid week. Uh, it was about a year into my career, and that was the first week of paid work I ever got. Uh, at a comedy club. Um, so, uh, a mere, uh, 17 years later, that's all I'm headlining the side room, <laughs> but no, uh, it's a good, good gig. Uh, very excited for it. So 
mark your calendars if you're a, if you're a DC native. And the good thing is that that show, those shows will be almost two months after my special taping. So I will at least be motivated to be trying a, some new things, probably doing plenty of greatest hits and newer material that is on the special, but there will be a, hopefully a decent amount of stuff that I'm working on. Just, you know, that, that will be on neither the special nor on something that I've already done. So, um, that'll be fun, I think. Uh, so December 16th to the 19th DC improv, um, the Utah gig, the venue, this rock club, 300 seater has been very cool with me. I had my dates mixed up and I request, they, they offered me a date in November that was during a jazz home game, which completely defeats part of my marketing plan. Um, I don't want to perform while the jazz are playing for about half a dozen reasons, including I want to go to the game. Um, I, I want jazz fans to come to my show. I want to see if I can get jazz writers and or players to come to the show. So, uh, basically I'm looking for a date in between home gigs. So, um, not yet, but I'm going to, so it may not be until like January, February, 2022, but like I said, I feel very positive about this venue, unlike a lot of other clubs and venues, because the guy's been very, you know, working with me and, and, and look, trying to get me a spot. The only thing is I may, I may be able to do December 2nd in Salt Lake City. So if you're one of my Utah fans, uh, I should know within a week or two if I can get December 2nd, and that's the day before the Jazz host the Celtics. Um, so that would obviously be the game I would go to. But um, if it doesn't end up being December 2nd, then it'll probably be something in early 2022. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was also hoping to do like a fall date, not trying to get buried in a snow-capped avalanche, although it would be beautiful. Um, so that's that, uh, Long Island. Once again, if I have any friends or listeners, uh, who are in Long Island, big show for me, October 15th, uh, headlining, uh, the brokerage in Belmore, Long Island, a uh, big show for there. They, that's a big show for gigs for, you know, future earnings and bookings. It's obviously not as big a deal as the special taping, um, which is October 23rd, seven to nine thirty PM. Uh, all ticket links on my website. And then, uh, the last show is Raleigh, uh, October 6th, Raleigh, North Carolina at good nights. So hopefully I don't cancel that. Um, but yeah, so shows are starting to add some gigs and there's more, some interest from, from various clubs, which is good. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, between October and like March, I will have, you know, like a, a good amount of gigs in, in, in a variety of cities. Cause I know I have a lot of fans in different cities and I'm, trust me, the effort is there. And finally, you know, some of these gigs may actually start to start to pop up finally. Um, and it'd be good because if maybe some of these gigs start popping and then by the spring, my, my cable drama debut and my special hopefully will be, will be out. And, uh, who knows, maybe, um, that, that faint glimmer of hope will be a, a little brighter or something, or not, or I will have walked away from comedy and said, I'm doing this to protect my sanity. Um, you know, so, uh, Naomi Osaka comedy is like 18 years of Naomi Osaka. I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not demeaning her struggles. I'm not comparing. That was just a joke. I'm a comedian. Um, but, uh, yeah, so gigs and shows getting canceled because of COVID. But it's so disappointing because I'm starting to wonder, as I'm sure many of you are, when is COVID going to be over? 
And I don't mean that from a, I'm tired of masks, man. I want to live my life. It's just amazing this, this country, we have a critical mass of people who, who can impede progress. We have a, 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 a sizable chunk of a minority party in this country is able to stop climate change work on a global scale because we are, if they were, if, if this, if they were a fucking friend, a stupid minority party in New Zealand or in fucking, um, uh, uh, Thailand or something, it wouldn't fucking make a difference for the globe. But the fact is we're the most powerful country with it. We're still the global leader. And so if our country can't get its shit together because of minority party, then that means the world kind of can't get its shit together or won't get its shit together. So you have that element to it. Um, but we can't fix climate on a global scale because of, of the, 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 the shitty Republican Party. We can't stop COVID because of the shitty Republican Party. And okay, yes, it's not just Republicans. I know. The Republicans are the ones making it their fucking life mission. But there are plenty of people who aren't Republican who are uh, vaccine hesitant. Uh, I call those people cunts. Um, there's people who are want to wait for more research. I call those people dumb cunts. Uh, there are people who think their immunity uh, system can, doesn't need a vaccine. I call those people fitness cunts. Um, and I call uh, Republicans Republicans. Um, <laughs> but uh, sorry about that. That was a little vulgar. Not afraid of saying the C word. Um, sometimes I wish you could do an update. Maybe I should do an update of George Carlin's The Seven Words, The Seven Dirty Words You Can't Say on TV, and it would just be uh, the N-word. It would be cunt. It would be... <laughs> and people would be like, uh, actually, you can't say those, and now you're canceled. And that would be my performance art piece called Uncancelable Cancel. Uh, and it would suck. And I would make it into a non-fungible token and sell it for $4 million and buy an apartment and maybe a home as well. Anyway, um, an apartment can be a home. I meant a house. That's what I meant, folks. Anyway, this took a detour. Um, but yeah, we're just in a, we're, we're, I, I just, I keep wondering, like, this fucked up thing is I'm going to get bookings for 2022. Like March 2022 is going to be two years since I fucking got famous. And I haven't been able to use any of it. It's, it's weird. It's like almost like before I could actually use fame, the industry went back to ignoring me. The press paid attention. Fans paid attention. The industry went back to ignoring me and not returning emails, calls, or anything. And then we're going to be two years since I got famous before I'm even hopefully doing like big gigs or, or getting more steady work. It's, it's fucking crazy. And that's what I mean. Like it feels like time is slipping away. Like my today, as I record this today is the one year anniversary of my uncle passing away uh, from leukemia. And I couldn't believe, like I can believe it obviously, but a year, it feels like my uncle passed away like two months ago. And I don't mean that in terms of like, it's like yesterday. I, I miss my uncle. I talk about him a lot. But it feels, like two, it feels like two months because it feels like two months because life is like, it feels like we're just clicking off years now, months and years with nothing happening. I just sit at my computer. I interact with some people on social media and Instagram. I see my girlfriend, I see my dog, I take the dog for walks, I work at a computer, I do a comedy video, I go to sleep. I wake up, I do the same thing. Fast forward, 
it's been 550 days like that or whatever. And you're like, but time's moving. Like I started this thing at 40, uh, at, at 40 years old. I'm now 42. And I feel like my bank account grew, but I haven't done anything with my money. I, I just, I just have more money. I haven't done anything. I, it's just, it just feels like time. Like, and, and I don't know when we're going to get this under control because it feels like a self-fulfilling prophecy by the right wingers and the anti-mask people. It's like, we want our freedoms. Well, you dumb fucks. What is it? What is the thing they say? Like a Chinese finger trap. It's like the, the, the thing is if you struggle more, you trap yourself more. That's what we're doing as a country. We're going, I want my freedom. Yes, but you not following the rules is only delaying freedom. So I know you want freedom now, but you want instant gratification more and you'll get neither. You will get neither gratification nor freedom. Uh, so I, it's just, it's a, it's a weird philosophical point I feel like I'm at where it's like, is life is just, I'm, I'm living, I'm communicating with people, but I'm not, you know, my mundane life of like everybody, you know, most people going to work, meeting up with friends, maybe for a drink or dinner or just commuting home saying hi to the dog and the girlfriend, watching a show. It, it added a mundane variety. There was still a variety. Like, you know, variety is the spice of life. Well, maybe the mundane variety was salt. But we still need salt. Salt's still good. Salt still adds something. Even though it's maybe not fucking some fancy, expensive spice, it still adds something. It's mineral, I guess, not a spice. But you get what I'm saying. Uh, something to flavor stuff and like, so maybe the best we can do sometimes is just salt. Our life goes on. Our life is a piece of plain chicken, but maybe add a little salt or it's a steak. Yeah, a little salt, maybe once in a blue moon, some butter. Maybe that's the best you can do. Maybe you're not going to add uh, exotic spices and eat fancy cuisine all the time. But, but, but life has turned into like a plain piece of boiled chicken. And it's just time's going by. Like, so now I'm 42. I'm closer. I am... Nope, next month I will be 42 and a half. But the point was, I'm like, so we won't be out of this shit. Like, I could be 43 when we're out of this. And then it's going to be like, wow, that was over two years of my life. And, but it's not like war service where you're like, I saw the world and I engaged in a life-changing experience and maybe I was traumatized or maybe I feel great or maybe I feel like I contributed. This is all just like, I'm doing stuff, but everything else in life, I'm making money, I'm pursuing gigs. I'm not getting gigs. That would help if gigs, if people could not get sick uh, with COVID because they're being stupid. So I could at least go to different cities for four days and start to get back into the comedy. But that's just my experience. Many of you are probably experiencing the same thing, I'm guessing, in some capacity. Um, maybe you're not. Maybe some of you have kids or like there's enough adventure and things to keep you preoccupied. But for me, it just feels like I'm like... I'm pow like I know, yes, of course, time keeps moving. Okay. That's that's I'm not the first person to fucking discover this, but I was always aware of time moving, and sometimes you sit and go, I can't believe I'm 39. This is crazy, huh? But this feels like I've been paused, but life has been paused, but the clock leading to death has not been paused. So there go two years of my life that I'll never have back. And the next two, I mean, I'm getting in shape, so maybe the next two will be even better, to be honest. Um, but the truth is, it's like, what do like, people don't seem to understand, like, 
we, I want my life back. I want to be able to experience life. I want to travel. I want to meet people in person. I want to, I want to just go. I would be perfectly okay going back to the way things were before this. I had friends, you know, I met up with friends. I sometimes got drunk. I went to movies. I didn't do anything unbelievably crazy. Yes, I had comedy as sort of like a cool working vacation lifestyle sometimes. But it's like the stupid people out there who can't put on a mask and get a vaccine, but who want freedom and liberty. It's like, you fucking dumb pieces of shit. You're literally, you're not just costing me and my friends and other decent people a chance at reclaiming their lives and some sense of normalcy. You're actually stopping yourselves too, but you're too fucking dumb. You're so, you're such a, an egregious combination of stupid and selfish you can't even see that you're fucking yourself. Um, it's like you're a human centipede of yourself. I don't know what that means or how that would work, but it sounded good in my head until I said it. But the point is, um, yeah, I, I'm sure maybe people out there are feeling the same way, but good God, it feels like just what the fuck is going on? Like, it's just time is moving on, but there's no, like, you know, there's no other markers happening other than just, oh, wow, we're already into the last third of the year after the pandemic because the pandemic's still going on. That's crazy to me. And, you know, the special is obviously something to uh, a big deal to me, but I'm not getting the reps that I thought I would get. And at this point, forget my ego. I'm not getting the reps I need. So I've done it before. I, I just thought this year I wouldn't have to do what I did for my previous six albums, which is like pull off a fucking one take, two take miracle. But you know what? I've done it before and I'll do it again with this one if need be. But God, say a, say a useless prayer for some more gigs for me in the next two months. But um, yeah, I guess that's it. That wasn't so funny, was it? But um, yeah, just disappointed to have those gigs canceled because of what they mean at this time. Uh, the gig will not nearly be as critical to me in February of 2022 as it is right now. Um, but that's the breaks. And the truth is comedy has been nothing but, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a struggle. Comedy is just a struggle. And for it's, uh, I don't know. Um, some of the best feelings I've had recently have been just going for a walk and then lounging on my couch watching shows and not worrying about writing my sketches or, or making videos. It's, uh, you know, it's exhausting. And it's especially exhausting when you feel like you're not getting the, the rate of return that you need. But anyway, I've already been depressing enough. We don't have to go into that next level of hell known as JL's stand-up comedy journey. But it's just, I guess that's, that's really the main thing I wanted to share tonight other than my gigs and some movie reviews and complaining about general stuff was just the uh and like I said gigs are coming so um please uh you know you listen to this show so uh just just keep listening and, and if you haven't signed up for my monthly newsletter um but you know Long Island North Carolina Philadelphia New York City and the shows on the horizon Probably, if we're being honest, for 2022, although I'm hopeful, cautiously hopeful that I can get a Salt Lake City gig before the end of the year. But let's just say Salt Lake City, California, multiple dates in California, I'm hoping. 
um, possibly Washington State. I know I have fans out there, and I would obviously want to swing there. If I were out on the West Coast, I would want to hit as many of, of, of the kind of fan base centered places that I could. Um, Chicago, Milwaukee um, were, were two places, and Pittsburgh. These are places that I've had people ask me to come to and that I have now submitted for. I was, I was emailed uh, by the improv chain. So the, the, just saying, maybe there's some good news on the horizon, even if it's just good news, meaning, hey, fans, we're going to finally get to meet. We get to have a great show, hang out, and, and, and either continue this journey we've been on from 2020 or before, if you're one of my longtime fans, or we finish the circle and say, hey, hopefully COVID's over now and uh, my videos may have helped get you through it with some laughs and now you've paid it back by coming to see me live and we had a nice time and that's it. So um, 2022, hopefully we'll have more gigs, but I hope uh, you'll keep paying attention. But uh, yeah, sorry I got dark, but I'm really sleepy right now. I'm, uh, I haven't been sleeping well for the last um, uh, eight years. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I just got thinking though, it's like, I'm so tired of, and maybe I'm more cognizant of it because I'm not medicating myself with treats to like distract me and numb me. Um, honestly, that may, that may be it. And I talked a lot about that with Pete Dominic on his podcast last week. So uh, both my, my appearance with Rod and Karen on the Black Eye Tips and my appearance on Pete Dominic's show, uh, both good listens if, if you have find yourself wanting some extra podcast listening this weekend. But obviously your priority should be this podcast and making podcasts great again. But um, I don't know, feel free to, comment on the Potomatic page or whatever. Uh, but I'm sure I'm not the only one feeling that sort of like is like, it's like I'm living and things are doing okay. And I'm, you know, not having the social life that I want, but I'm, you know, I went to a movie. I'm, uh, got a pretty good home life. Uh, my, my mom is still okay. Um, got my brother nearby. So things are fine, but at the same time, you're just like, but it feels like, it feels like I've become, an observer of my own life just floating along. And I don't mean that in some sort of indie film way. I mean, literally like, when can I get back to, I'd never felt like this before. Like, like in, even when I was just like, Oh, I'm going to work. It's so boring. But I was like, yeah, but I'm, I'm out in the city streets, just seeing people getting to look at people or interact with people or go to a different place for lunch. Like, like just the random things I really, I think if, if you want to talk about discovery, I always knew I was somebody of like relatively simple pleasures. Um, you know, I like movies. I like sports. I like reading. You know, I like dating. <laughs> um, just, but, but nothing, like I wasn't even like, I love to travel. I love, no, my, my pleasures were very simple. And I think when you do comedy, you get to travel more than maybe the average person. So even though it may not be to exotic locations, I'm like, ah, I like going to different cities. It's exciting. It's exciting to meet new people, go to different venues, see different things. Even if you, even I'm eating at a fucking cheesecake factory in a different city, but it's still new people, new new experience in some way or shape or the other. Um, but this just feels like like being in a life coma where you're just like, yep, I'm, I'm aware of everything that's going on, but it also seems to just be going on without me. Um, and I want that to stop because COVID and my uncle and so much has taught me that, yeah, life is, life is very precious and fleeting. And I, I feel like I always appreciated that, but now it's like, it feels more fleeting because I'm like, 
let's just get out there and do something. But what? And can these dummies get fucking vaccinated? How are we, how are, like, yeah. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. I won't belabor the point, but uh, here, here it is. So you get an early episode of Righteous Prick Podcast. Maybe I'll do an extra one next week, um, especially since I'm not going to North Carolina. I might have some extra time in, later in the week. But this is your guaranteed episode. So just in case um, I don't make time or have time uh, later in the week to do a, you know, like a U.S. Open recap or whatever. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. Hope to see you at some shows. Hope you can spread the word. Um, if you don't have my albums, uh, go stream them, go buy them, uh, get yourself fully prepared for half blackface, the, the, the first special slash seventh album from JL Covan. And if you really need just a, a real good laugh of horror, like a horrified laugh, go get Karen on demand. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope I, I, I think it was, it was, I was morose again, but I think in a different way this time, at least, at least it wasn't mostly about comedy. It was just about an existential crisis of, um, the, the fleeting nature of life and how COVID and quarantine and the stupidity of a certain percentage of our population has made life feel even more fleeting to the point where it's frightening. And, uh, but other than that, uh, have a great week. (laughs) Uh, go get vaccinated if you haven't been vaccinated, but hopefully uh, all my listeners have been vaccinated. And, um, that's it. Uh, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Enjoy life. Uh, hopefully some of you are finding ways to get out there and do do more than I am. I'm trying, but I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good with a, a commute, a, a trip to a salad place for lunch, some, some banter with coworkers, and a drink after work or a movie or just a quiet commute home reading a book and saying hello to the dog and the lady and uh, and watching a movie or a TV show. I don't need much more than that, but I'd like at least that back as soon as possible. So be good, everybody. Thank you for listening as always. The support, the messages, uh, all the... And I hope I hope I, I do my part. I hope I'm not uh, too self-absorbed to, to interact with people in the limited capacity we're able to. I try to be good on social media. I've met some nice people through all this. So um, hopefully you're all doing all right. And, uh, and hopefully we all get out of this back to full normal sooner rather than later. Uh, and uh, that's it. So thank you, and I will see you next Tuesday. Podcast.